what we call financial literacy. Saving money is the first part of it. So today, when I look back, I ask myself, okay, how come... Hey guys, you're welcome to another beautiful episode of Lifesave Podcast. And today I bring you somebody who is a financial literate. This person has been in the financial service industry for a little over a decade. Say 16 years, right? Yeah. Also even born at the time. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> uh, right now, it's currently an investment coach, which means that I'm going to get lucky learning a lot from his worlds of knowledge. If you pay. <laughs> I'm not a selfish person. That's the reason why I want us to learn together. That's why I have him in the person of Mr. Nathan Mukoro. Thank you so very too much for coming on my podcast. Zan Hona. Madam Jetro. <laughs> so, Hi there. You are listening to Life Sips Podcast with Jetro. Tell us, how was growing up for, like, for you? Uh, growing, growing up was a bit challenging for me. And it was a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. I grew up in what you call a village. Mm, where was that? Kogi State. What was it like? Take us back memory lane. I grew up with my parents who were, kudos to them, available 120% of the time. Really? Um, Is this something you like to do for your own kids? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, something I, I benefited immensely from, you know. The call home training, yeah. So I had all of that uh, more than I needed. Maybe I wasn't born with a silver spoon, as they say. I guess that was one of the things that started driving me early in life to try and you know differentiate myself. Okay. Yeah. No, no, not, nothing bad. Nothing, nothing bad. Yeah. We're comfortable. Uh, went to school. Best club for you. <laughs> Of course, not bad, like I said, but I wanted more out of life. So it took you, how old were you when you knew you wanted more? Were you so young or became an adult? Right from when I could tell what my name was. Oh, wow. I knew I wanted more. So tell us about Safest. I didn't say that he's the founder of Safest. I understand that it's an investment or a saving platform. Do you want to tell us a little about it? Okay, so Safest Financial Services. It's an investment advisory firm, mm. yeah, licensed by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Okay. When I tell people most times that I'm an investment advisor, people wonder what I do. So it's not a savings platform, as you said. Mm. Yeah, we don't collect people's money okay. to save or invest. Instead, we advise. So if you advise me now to invest my money, aren't you teaching me how to save? Yeah, I'm teaching... Yes, I'm teaching you how to save, but the difference is that you are not sending the money to my own account. You're not, you're not investing with, we don't have an investment product to sell to anybody. What we sell is advice. Okay. And we get paid for, for advising our clients. You're teaching me how to save. Yeah. So what do you like the most about this whole teaching people how to save? Do you meet people who do not see the need to save? Especially, the Gen Z's. There are some baby boomers who like to, the Yorubas, yeah, we like to live large, like yeah. the engineers. So compared to the Igbos, that before they spend one million there on luxury, they already have like seven million or ten million arrested. What, what has been the challenge so far teaching people how to save their own money? Well, it comes down to information, mm. knowledge. Yeah, what we call financial literacy, which is what is a gap that we have identified, not just in Nigeria, but 
in in the world really a lot of people are not knowledgeable enough to handle their own finances yeah so what we're trying to do is to bridge that knowledge gap and help people make good decisions with their money it's not just about saving okay. you know saving money is the first part of it is the basic level of achieving financial literacy so after saving, you now need to invest that money. That is how you build wealth. You build wealth by investing. And most people have little options, very few options when it comes to investing. In Nigeria today, if you're not talking real estate, most people don't understand what you mean by investing. Okay. Our capital market in Nigeria is still, they, it doesn't have so much depth today. Yeah, so because of that, a lot of people are not informed. A lot of people don't even know what to do with their money. So what we are out to do is to help people take better decisions with their money and to start doing that early. Yeah, because most people leave it till it's too late before they start being very conscious about the sort of decisions they make with their money. So our job is a bit like that of a doctor. So help you prevent the disease. By disease, I hope you're referring to poverty. <laughs> because nobody wants to be there at all. And then I realized that people will tell you to save money, save money. For a person that works nine to five, do you think they can actually save their way into wealth? Because if I earn, um, let's say, 150000 and I have to pay bills, I have to eat, I have to look good, I have to do this. How do I diversify this money? Because I need to also save for tomorrow. Yeah. So for a person who earns, let's start with 150 because that's like a basic salary for 9 to 5 in Nigeria. Okay. Where do they start from? For me, building wealth is a lot of parts, oh. one of which is saving. But again, you have to consider yourself as an individual. Mm. What is your value as an individual? So our job is not just to encourage people to save money or guide them to invest. That is not all there is to our job. Okay. You also have to look at your earning power your earning capacity. So if you are earning, say, 100000 today, and that amount is not going to give you a decent lifestyle, it's not going to help you live up to the minimum standard of living that is decent for an individual, the first step will be to enhance your skills so you can improve your earning power. That would be the first step, not to say save. You know, saving can be injurious, to be honest. If your earning is not enough to provide you with good health care, a good education, and then a decent accommodation, then saving money may be injurious because you may end up compromising your health or your security, your safety as an individual, your family's safety. If you have children, you may end up not sending them to the best schools. Yeah, because you are saving. In the long run, that becomes injurious. So the first step, if you are not earning enough, is actually to improve your your skills. Yeah, that will help you improve your earning power, first of all. So if you're earning 150 or even less, or 200k, forget about saving. Just Not necessarily forget about saving, because I may be earning 200 and living with my parents. So I'm not paying rent. Yeah, um, They are taking care of my my food my bills and all of that you know so it depends it depends a person that stays alone that earns a hundred and fifty thousand okay let's say a hundred thousand if you live in lagos abuja portacourt top cities imo Enugu, you know that transportation and feeding alone will take at least 20 percent of your salary yeah so if i am in such position what do i do first say i have a place to invest in myself i'm trying to upscale where can i start investing from because i understand that there are also little things you can invest in 
Yeah, of course, there are, there, are, there are little things you can invest in with small amount of money. If you meet a doctor and you ask him, I have malaria, recommend a medication to me. Most doctors will not give you a straight answer. They are going to want you to go to the lab first and get tested to be sure that what you have is malaria. So my job is a bit like that. I, I'm not very good at advising people without really, really... Yeah, profiling the person properly and understanding what you truly need. But in terms of answering your question, just for the sake of this discussion, um, for retail investors, retail investors are people with just small amounts of money, someone earning hundred thousand. You know, it's always best to start investing with mutual fund, a mutual fund. Yeah, um, ETF, exchange traded funds and those type of things. Because there you get to reduce your risk exposure. Because if you start making individual investments at that level, the risk profile of such investment is usually higher than you can tolerate. Yeah. So tell us, how did you start um, the story? Did you just wake up one day and you're like, you know what? I have people who are spending money too much around. I need to teach you how to save money. I want them to live better. How was it for you? When did you know that it was time to start educating people about how they can save, invest and live the life that they plan to? Okay, so I think I had always known that in 2008. That was when I became very conscious of my own finances as a person. And in in that consciousness, I realized that I derived greater joy in helping other people take charge of their finances and improve their financial outlook for themselves and their families. So back in 2008, I already knew that from that point, I was always itching for an opportunity to start helping people and go all out. But it wasn't until 2017 that I really, really decided to leave my job in the bank to join an investment firm, you know, to really take that to another level, if you wish. And then um, in 2020, that was when I really decided to put everything aside and just focus on that as the only single thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And incidentally, that was the day my mom died. After her death, I think about 10 months later, I decided that, look, if I'm going to do anything more in this life to get fulfillment, this is that one thing I'm going to do to help many more people achieve financial freedom, to take charge of their retirement, whether it's retiring well, building wealth, managing wealth across generations, just helping people meet their, their, their financial goals. So what's the one mistake young people do when it comes to money, managing finance? that you've noticed over the years not starting early when you go to the gym there's one thing instructors will tell you it's time under tension like it's not about the amount of the size of weight that you lift it's about how long you are lifting it whether it's a small weight you are lifting it's about how long it has a lot of similarity to investing it's not about how much you can invest it's about how early you can start if you start investing in your 20s which is possible today because today a lot of people start working at 21 22 even some people are 20 if you can start investing that early you give yourself an excellent chance to become very wealthy but a lot of young people leave it till it's too late i want bulk money to invest most people most people think that if you don't have 5 million 10 million you cannot start investing for me it's about starting early of course you're going to make mistakes investing but when you start early you give yourself that chance to make those mistakes learn from them and become very good at the job so when you are in your 30s 40s you've already mastered the art of investing and building wealth the one single mistake a lot of young people make is not starting early of course you you always find a reason not to start anything but the earlier you start the better 
I didn't start earlier. <laughs> but don't worry, after this podcast, now you see me starting best. You should, you I should. See. Sure. And I know that I'm not alone. Before you want to say, ah, she didn't start early, so why she having us? Don't worry, we are together, guys. So are there like financial habits that has helped you improve on your financial situation thus far? Um, in terms of habits, well, I don't consider myself the most disciplined person when it comes to investing. Okay. Yeah, and I I use my own mistakes to teach people how okay. to take better decisions. So if you're talking of habits, maybe starting early, uh, maybe uh, building that awareness of knowing what to avoid and what to uh, get involved with. Of course, one thing I, I must talk about is this idea of instantaneous reward. Yeah, most people get into this gambling kind of mindset. There's a name for it. I can't remember. Where you want put money and then you want extra Ponzi scheme. Yeah, most people have that Ponzi scheme mindset where you you have a millionaire today and you expect it to become 1.5 tomorrow mm. once you start building that kind of mindset it's very dangerous okay. it's very very dangerous you may think you are doing it for the moment but before you know it becomes part of how you operate it becomes part of how you see everything for me if, the, if there's one habit people need to build is that long-term habit thinking of the long term not thinking of today you know nothing good comes easy they say it's same with investing when it comes to investing you cannot become successful overnight it takes time for your investment to pay off yeah to pay off so if you are looking to build something that is sustainable something that your children can build on you can transfer to them and they build on it then you must win yourself of that ponzi mindset if that's what you want to call it or that gambling mindset or that instant gratification mindset which means that even though i want to start saving that's where your role as a financial advisor comes in mm-hmm. so what, what are the importance of having a financial advisor in your life you can't quantify the importance but most people today don't have time to really really look at their finances except it's your industry and in fact research even shows that people in the financial sector have less time for their own finances they have more time for the finances of their client but they don't have time for their own personal finances you know as um, an individual you do not have so much time most people work from uh if you're a nine to kind of person you work nine to five when you get home you are tired and you may not have time to understand what is going on in the world what is going on in the capital market even look at your own personal finances it's your life but most people don't have time for it so it's more like delegating an important aspect of your life to someone just the way you if you're sick today we have the internet but you see end up going to the doctor and trust his decision or his opinion about your welfare. So you need somebody to take it. The way I see it, people need three or two people in their life. One, you need a health coach, if you call him a doctor. You need a financial coach, if you call him an investment advisor. You also need a spiritual coach. I say two or three, because this third one is arguable. Some people argue that they don't need that. Okay. Yeah, of course, if you don't believe in God, you may not even need that. These three, for me, in my opinion, are very, very important. Very, very important. Because 
if you focus too much on your health and you don't focus on your finances, it will come back to hurt you. And if you focus too much on your finances and you don't focus on your health, yeah, uh, they're all interrelated. You know, as you check your financial health, you also need to check your physical health and your spiritual health. So the job of an investment advisor is to help you take control of your um, financial health and to make good decisions at every point in time. So as a financial advisor, it's almost impossible that you have not done test and balance. By test and balance, I mean that certain mistakes that you know that this thing, I don't know the results of it. Have you ever made a mistake that you look back and you're like, gosh, I shouldn't have done this, especially because of the type of person that I am or my profession? Well, if I'm to talk about a mistake as related to investing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one is something everybody can, or most people in Nigeria can relate to. And this was back in 2007, 2008. Okay. Um, that was when we had the global financial crisis. Okay. Back then, you know, when I started working in 2006, it was like a fashionable thing then to invest in the capital market. Like, if you're not investing in the capital market, it's like your village people are following you. Mm. So everybody was investing in the capital market. And then I had a standing order then for a percentage of my salary to be transferred to my broker's account every month. Now, this money gets transferred and I was busy investing in companies that I knew and companies that I did not know. In fact, at that time, the stock market was like the in thing. I'm sure a lot of people that invested at that time can relate with this. So we're investing in companies that had no address. Companies that you didn't even know what they were doing were all pouring money to it. And then the financial crisis happened and everything crashed. Mm. So today, when I look back, I ask myself, okay, how come you invested in businesses that you did not even know exactly what they were doing? Businesses that you have never seen their office. It it was a a fundamental mistake that I made, that a lot of people made, and something that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Because one thing about investing is, I guess this may be something that most people should know, or something that a lot of people know, and when it comes to the act of investing, Yeah. We tend to ignore it. You should only invest in things that you thoroughly understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That lesson, I learned it in a bitter way. Mm. Yeah. So sorry. I've I've done a lot of Ponzi (laughs) schemes. So I I learned the hard way. So if you're going to introduce me to anything, as long as I'm not saving and investing, I'm not even interested. Um, A lot of things has happened with this whole Ponzi scheme thing. And the thing is, you know that this thing will crash, but you're expecting that before it crashes, you'd have been paid. We always forget that there are people who would always be victims of this thing. So if I look back, that has been like my terrible decisions that I have made when it comes to managing my own finance, expecting to reap where I did not sow. So that was was one of the habits I said earlier that you need to, people need to be careful with. Mm. You may think, I'm smart. Let me do this. Before it crashes, I'll get out of it. Mm. Yeah, you can get out, but you are building a habit that is dangerous. Mm. And if that becomes who you are, to tell the truth, I know a lot of people from when when they university, when I started working, that invest in this type, make this type of investment in Ponzi schemes, um, network marketing, and all of those. I'm not saying network marketing is bad. Okay. You know, but if you check, this is. 20 years later, 15 years later, they are still mm-hmm. doing that. It's a habit that once you form, it's difficult to break. If you say your your idea of investing is a scheme and you start it, it's difficult to break. 
same as if your idea of investing is uh, or your idea of making money is gambling once you build that as a habit it's difficult to break mm. let's talk about your entrepreneurship journey what do you like the most about becoming an entrepreneur or what do you like the most about being an entrepreneur what i like most is being the driver of my passion mm. That's what I like most about being an entrepreneur. Of course, one would think of the money that comes with it, taking charge of your life. For me, those offer little attraction. Okay. For me, it's more about what I'm passionate about, having a chance to drive it, mm. you know, having a chance to watch it grow. That's what drives me every morning when I wake up. That's what gives me joy. Mm-hmm. to know that today I'm going to do something to improve somebody's life but to know that I'm helping people take charge of their finances to know that I'm helping people plan their retirement properly mm-hmm. to know that I'm helping people build wealth for their families to know that I'm helping people meet their financial goals along the way of life whether it's to buy a car take charge of your wedding take charge of their marriage whatever it is mm-hmm. just the joy of seeing people take better decisions with their money it's is what i find most enchanting about being an entrepreneur managing risk as an entrepreneur is something i really don't understand i guess steps you take to mitigate potential risk basically as an entrepreneur but taking risk investing is risky you know that right yeah sure. so how are you able to mitigate this process the first thing is to even understand your business in its entirety mm. you know understand your business understand the aspect of your business that has the highest amount of risk and then find something to do about it really it's not every risk that you want to be involved that you do something about if the potential for loss relating to that risk is little then you can allow it but if the potential for loss is significant then you have to consider options for reducing the risk mm-hmm. whether it's to diversify by diversification i mean not putting all your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. whether it's to transfer the risk to somebody else in, in which case you are taking an insurance mm-hmm. or that type of thing i mean risk is part of life is part of business you know sometimes no matter how careful you are you may never be able to run away from it mm-hmm. but you can do something to minimize the impact it can have on your business mm-hmm. and you can only do that by identifying the aspects of your business that attracts the highest amount of risk mm-hmm. and then do something about managing that risk whether it's taking an insurance or not putting all your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. so to speak so um why trying to balance risk profit loss the entire process of the saving and investment is it important to network with people and if yes what are the strategies you use in building professional network yeah networking is important of in course. life in everything and you just have to be out there i don't know if there's a perfect process a perfect strategy for networking but for me just in being out there naturally i'm someone who would prefer to be in the office work in the office call my clients and all of that find out what is going on with them you know what i find it more enriching actually going out to have physical meetings with them because from having those physical meetings you increase your chance of meeting someone else there and mm-hmm. building your network from there so in being out there of course every industry has professional associations you have professional events okay i'm really looking out for people for me i feel like networking is more about being selfless Mm-hmm. because when you pour out yourself to other people it's going to attract more and more people to you mm-hmm. for me that is how i stay engaged and connected with 
my yes. community. Let's let's take a break for money, 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 money talk. <laughs> All right. So, so, so if you were doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? What would you rather be doing? Yeah, I'll be a priest. Hey, <laughs> father. <laughs> oh Lord. Sorry, I'm yeah, so... but, but the thing is, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, okay. uh, I think I'm a proper evil man. Okay. Maybe I'll be somewhere in one market trading. Mm. Yeah, true. But maybe not at that level of um, the local, local internship. Trade. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll be in business somewhere if I wasn't advising people to yeah. manage their money in a better way. Buying and selling. Buying and selling. Mm. Yeah. So one of the more important questions I ask all my guests is, what is success to you? I say this because every time I look back, I have defined Especially as a child, I've defined success to mean many things. Success for me as a child was going to school, coming back, and I don't have to do the dishes. I'm sure I would have said, oh, what's a successful day? But it never happened. Success for me at the time was I just wanted to leave the house so that I could go out and come back anytime. But now that I'm adult, I understand why my parents had to train me like that. And looking back, success to me is different. So as a child growing up for you, what was success like? Don't tell us whenever they buy new shoes, that was a successful story. No, what was success? What did you envisage yourself to become as an adult? And you look back and say, oh, I'm successful from the lens of your younger self? Well, success they say is relative. Mm. Childhood is a long, long time, time ago, ago for me. <laughs> yeah, and, um, okay, if I can pin one thing that I'll say is my was my definition of success at that time, I feel like it was being there for my family, taking care of my family. For me, that was the only thing mm. that I could define as being successful. At that time. At that time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, what is success to you? Today, maybe that has not changed much, but with an added layer. Tell us. You know, and that added layer is in the sense that for me today, what I'll consider being successful in my business today is somewhat encapsulated in the vision of Savers Financial, which is to become the center point for creating sustainable wealth in sub-Saharan Africa. For me, what my definition of success would be today is seeing more and more people take better charge of their finances. There was a survey done in 2018. Okay. You know, it was something by NDIC that said that about 1 or 2% of Nigerians had more than 200,000 Naira in their savings account. Oh, wow. Because uh, at that time, the limit for insurance was 200,000. Okay. Meaning that if a bank collapses, you are guaranteed to recover at least 200,000. So NDIC was saying that, look, it's only about 2% of Nigerians that needs to worry about banks collapsing. That the rest, 98%, do not have have to worry because they have less than 200,000. In the, and for me, I find that very disturbing and that number needs to come down. I know I cannot do much to bring down that number, number. Mm-hmm. but if I can help maybe whether it's 0.00001%, mm-hmm. if I can help 20 people, 30 people, 40 people take better decisions with their money and live more comfortably, you know, because it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Poverty is a cycle that once it starts, it's difficult to break. Once one generation starts it, it's difficult to break. Think about this. If you don't plan your retirement, 
very well and you get to retirement age. Mm. You depend on your children for your sustenance. If you are depending on your children, your children will have less money to take care of themselves and their own families. And by having less money, they start compromising their own retirement. And when they retire, they will not have to depend on their own children again. Mm. So once that cycle starts, it, it becomes difficult to, to, break out. to break. So the more the number of people that start taking better decisions around their finances, the better for everybody, the better for the society, the better for the country, the better for the world. Of course, maybe we will not have this level of um, jackpot. Yes, in the country. <laughs> the reason why many persons are living is because of money. To be honest, I don't think there's okay. The, the government, the system, yes, that is inclusive. But yeah. I don't think Nigeria is that bad. I don't think. <laughs> so, somebody <laughs> said that um, poverty is the root of all evil, evil, not money. And the reason he said that is that poverty brings the society down to a level where people begin to condone all sorts of um, nonsense nonsense if you put it that way people resort to a level of decency that you cannot imagine because of poverty let's look at politics a bit the politics in nigeria is so monetized today that Mm. if you have money you can money your way into power why because people are looking for this money they want to get their hand on it if people were financially sufficient mm. not many people will support politicians to rig election you won't carry ballot box if you have enough to take care of yourself and your mm. family you won't allow you yourself your to, be, to, to be used that way mm. poverty is in a way the root of most of the evil we are seeing in the country mm. today and if we don't break that cycle it will continue and people will continue not to find the country livable mm. That was really deep. Uh, I'm looking at people who they have something to offer, but they are too scared to stand up and offer it. Say, like how you started, if you had not started at the time, say you started in 2017 as an investment coach, right? Or 2018. On my own, yeah. like setting up my own business. Yes. I started in 2020, technically, okay. but really got um, serious with it in 2021. Okay. My business is two years old okay yeah so imagine you had not started it should still be 2023 now yeah so what's the one thing you want to tell people who are too scared to start something from where they are with what they have one thing i'll say is if you're passionate about anything the earlier you start building on that passion the better for you in life everything is about practice practice nobody is born perfect nobody is born all-knowing the earlier you start the better and the sooner you're going to figure out what works best. Mm. Entrepreneurship is a very, very difficult journey. Very difficult journey. And for every difficult journey, it makes sense to start early. I, I was listening to Dangote recently and I learned that he once had a bank. He once owned a bank. Mm. So this is a man who is successful today, but not many people understand all he went through along the journey. Mm. He tried banking and according to him, he soon discovered that banking was not for him. It was for the likes of Jimovia and Co. Okay. So if you don't start, you're not going to figure out what works best for you. You may have a passion, but your passion is just what it is. It doesn't tell you how your customers, if your passion is to become an entrepreneur, it doesn't tell you what your customers feel about your passion, whether it's even worth it, whether they're going to appreciate it. But when you start, you figure out who you are really. You figure out your abilities, you figure out what works and what will not work. For you. For you. And the government. I I have my own business. I'm also a 9 to 5 person. 
but there are days when the government can be so frustrating. Are there things that the government can please do to help entrepreneurs scale through so that Nigeria will not? Because if Nigeria happens to you, you just won't like give up like, oh, I'm tired. I think I should shut down. Do you think that if the system was better, there won't be so many people beating? Or are there other things that governments can put in place for entrepreneurs to actually survive? Well, I'll say there, there's a lot the government can do, but not so much. Yeah. And in terms of providing the enabling environment for businesses to thrive, I guess that is a major responsibility yes, the of, of, of the government. Mm. Enabling environment, I'm talking about infrastructure. As a businessman in Nigeria today, the biggest challenges that we face in mm. Nigeria today is security. You have a business that requires you to travel, you're scared of traveling by road. Mm. You have to travel by air, which is an added cost. You have a business, is your property secured? Mm. You know, so I mean, the government has to do a lot in that direction in terms of security and also providing electricity. Most businesses depend on electricity. Yeah, you know, the light situation in most parts of the country is deplorable, very bad. When you talk of roads, you need to move your raw materials, goods across cities in Nigeria. The road is in a bad shape. So the government has a lot to do. The government has a lot to do. But unfortunately, politicians all over the world are focused more on winning the next election mm. than doing what is right. I guess it's a cross that we as entrepreneurs have to carry, check the pulse of the government, figure out what they are trying to do, and then find their way around it. Something that is global. We can say the case of Nigeria may be worse than it is in most countries, but governments focus more on winning the next election than doing what is right. In terms of the most pressing issues in the country today, thinking security and, of course, electricity, roads, maybe water. It's, it's really so sad that my country is where it is right now, yeah. but we can only hope for a better future. Um, it's really sad. I am, I'm at loss for words. It won't stop me from asking you to <laughs> tell us one thing about you that people do not know. Not many persons know a bad habit. It could be a bad habit. It could be just something really funny. <laughs> no, not, not many persons, <laughs> not many thousands to hear. It. Don't let us wash our dirty little So, okay, tell us, tell us something about you that people know, but not, not many persons know. Well, I think it's my impatience. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I may okay. not look it, but I'm extremely impatient. Mm. To be honest, I'm extremely impatient. I had to teach myself how to join queues because it's something I never wanted to do. If there's a queue, I'm that guy who will not want to join, but God is helping me overcome. <laughs> this is but generally, that, yeah. generally, I'm very, very impatient mm. with most things, with situations, with people. I'm just impatient. If I want something, I want it now. Right now. Mm. I want it now. Mm. I asked that to say that leaders have their own flaws. Because you see someone and you're like, oh my God, they are so perfect. So we need to always pinch ourselves, remind ourselves that don't worry, it's fine. You're doing life well. I mean, there's no meaning to how you can live life, but we can actually all learn. So when I have a guest, I always ask, what's that one bad habit you have? What's the one thing? Because there's nobody who is 100 of 100. Most of us have multiple bad habits. Of course. (laughs) Multiple, not even one. Of course, of course, of course. We all do. And then it brings us to almost the final conclusion of this podcast where I want to ask if you could look back if there's one thing you would tell your younger self 
what would it be? Don't say start early <laughs> because you no, said no, start no. early. Like I understand the benefit of starting early, but just look back and say, this is what I would tell my younger self. This is what I would tell my child. The most important lesson. For me, if I look back today, what I would have told my younger self is not to worry that life is not too hard. That this, the little things about life that we mm. tend to, sometimes are the most important. Okay, in Yoruba, it's called shejeje, which means just calm down. Yeah. Careful. Take, is take is there like, easy. can you translate that in Igbo? Small, small. Why, why? <laughs> why your beach? Why your beach? Okay. Why your beach? Okay. Take but things easy. Actually, that used to be like my mom's. Uh, favorite word no her nickname oh why your bj yeah or her title her friends why your bj okay that's what i'll be saying the whole day today why your bj why your bj because i had fun doing this and once again i want to say thank you for coming on my podcast i have learned and the most important thing is to start early i hope it's not too late for me (laughs) it's not right so I, I I should do better with my savings. I should start diversifying my income, if my investments. I mean to say, and then it's also important that I upscale so that I'm able to also save more. Work. And enhance your earning power. Enhance my earning power, guys. Yeah. I had fun doing this. Thank you so much, Mister Nathan. I had fun too, Jackie. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Do you have like um the website you could go to to learn these things or somewhere like a blog or something? Or what's the future of Safest for us? Yeah, Sebas has a website. Okay. Um, I'm always on the website, but do you upload all the time? To be honest, we've not been doing that. consistent with that. Okay. But we are we're working on being more consistent, okay. so watch out for that. Yes, yeah. I cannot wait because I keep checking and refreshing. And I like the website. I like how that I'm able to learn one or two things every time. And you know, learning never stops. So guys, you can check that up on Safest at www.safest-financial.com. Ooh, I'll see you next week. Sorry, you hear from me next week. I love you. Hopefully. Bye. Thanks.